on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone and welcome to the Clubhouse. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening right across Australia as we talk all things golf. Julian Bayard is my name. Great to be back in the chair. Mark Allen is here as well. Marco, welcome to you. G'day Jules. Nice to see you, buddy. Nice to see you as well. Summer's here. The sun's out. Golf is great. It is good. I actually had a game at Kingston Heath. I'll tell you about that. Did you really? The World Cup's being played there pretty soon. But we also had a winner. It's great to have a winner Mm -hmm. on one of the world tours. We're talking about Rod Pampling, 47 years old. The early fist pump. (laughs) The early fist pump on the last is rare, but we got one, which is fantastic. Um, But, you know, at 47 years old and the road that he's been travelling... He was just going to be uh, twiddling his thumbs for a while before now in, in the tour school. I mean, he had two wins, and that's good enough to get you on the seniors tour, basically. Yep. But now, with three wins, mm. and um, pretty much a place to play, uh, and the place to play for the next three years. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, if you win a tournament on the US tour, it's great to do it early, mm-hmm. because you get all of that, that year, year. <laughs> plus another two yeah. years. Yep. So if you win the last tournament of the year, yeah, it's good. You get two years, but it's yeah. not quite the same. It's not quite three years. It's not quite the same. So you can <laughs> really the wraparound tour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that pretty much takes him into senior tour, senior tourdom. Yep. I think uh, it's a week or is it a month before he's fiftieth uh, or something like that. Is so, that is that what it is? Yeah, is it? it's about yeah, it's a, a month, month before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he's got to wait a month. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that'd be a nice little holiday somewhere, exactly. and then away you go. <laughs> Bang. But he's a great fella. Yeah. He, he's always. I, I remember when he first came on tour he's the same age as me we're mm. both 47 when he first came on I all I remember was you've got to see this guy who hits it miles yeah. there's always one there's, you know, there's always <laughs> yes every year there seems to be you've got to see this guy stand behind him just watch he hits it miles but he was either shooting 68 or 78 or you know mm. it was either um, you know chocolates or ball lollies yep. but uh, he, he visited with Gary Edwin who you know Gary Edwin's a famous name in Australian golf. Yeah, some of his students include Paul Gow. Uh, you've got uh, Peter Senior of late. Mm-hmm. Got Peter Senior cranking. But the most famous one probably is Peter Lonard. Yep. Rod Pampling was also there. Um, and he he managed to actually fix up Pampling's game. So yeah. uh, we interviewed him during the week. We should play that probably a little bit later. Yeah, we will. We yeah, will. that'd be good. Yep. Hear from him. Yeah, Gary, Edwin, uh, Gary Edwin would be good. We yep. should play him. He's a genius. A genius. Well, Fixing these guys' games up. He's got an unusual teaching method. Mm. I mean, you can spot someone who goes to Gary Edwin from five fairways away. Yeah. yeah they, they don't move. They've got funny little mannerisms before they hit shots. Mm-hmm. You know, their rehearsals are extreme. Yep. Um, and, but that's kind of the way to do it. But uh, like I said, you know, they're very stiff-legged. Uh, there's very little movement in their swing. So he just eliminates. It's very minimalist. Extremely minimalist. In fact, he almost tries to get people in the impact position at address, which I, I'm not wrapped about because yeah. I like to be relaxed at address and not forced into position. But I guess if you do it for long enough, eventually you're going to be relaxed in that position. But look, he's had a lot of success, Gary Edwin, and it'll be interesting to hear from him. Did you see this putting style that uh, he was using mm-hmm. that week, Rod Pampling? Mm-hmm. So he was a belly putter man. I think um, The way my memory serves, I think he was using the belly putter when he won Arnold Palmer's okay. Invitational. Yep. Of course, those rules have been changed. That's right. Uh, so... 
he had to find a new way. He went back to the short putter, just freehand, basically, so yep. no anchors or anything. But he's gone to the Matt Kuchar style. Okay. So the way the Matt Kuchar is, you hold it normally, like you would hold a normal putter, whether it's you know the hands the right way around or cack-handed. Uh, but the shaft is long, and it leans up against your left forearm. So there's a way to where your left wrist doesn't break down. Yep. Now, I reckon it's borderline. Oh, well, it is anchored, really. Yeah. It's anchored on a different part of your body. Yeah, it's not anchored like a compass, though. You know, yeah. the, the com- a compass, you know, when you draw a perfect That's circle, true. has that spot. Mm. So, in a way, it's still freehand. And, you know, j- just now that we've brought it up, my argument against the anchored putter was always, um, you know, for, for an artist, they were sometimes judged by their ability to draw a perfect circle freehand. Yes. If you give an artist a compass... Yeah. Uh, well, you can give a mug a compass and they can draw a circle. Now, the art in putting was, in these days, making a perfect pendulum. Mm-hmm. Yet, you give anybody an anchored putter yep. and the perfect pendulum is in play. So, that was always my argument. That's why I say, you know, he went back to a short putter and was putting freehand. So, uh, the the new Matt Kuchar style that Rod Pampling's picked up, you're still putting freehand. Yeah. But... There is an element of your wrists can't move anymore. Mm. But look, if, if you know people have been doing it for a long time, I mean, I remember when Bernard Langer first got the yips, uh, Roger Davis did it as well. They would hold, you know, it was a backhanded type grip, but they would hold the putter way, way down so their left arm was straight, and then with their right hand hold the putter against their against forearm. Yeah. So that was used years ago, and no one cared about that. So yeah, that's fair. you can't jump up and down anymore. I think they've done enough with the the anchored putting ruling. And I'm glad they're doing it. But it was interesting to see Rod Pampling putting like that. And you're going to hear a little bit about his putting as well from yeah. his coach a little bit later, Gary Edwin. So I won't spoil that interview. Yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to that indeed. Now, a bit of news getting around, which we didn't get to last week because you yeah. had a week off, which was nice. Yeah, it was nice. Play anywhere? Uh, no, just on the beach, mate. Just on the beach. Yeah. You're very brown, I must say. Yeah, I'm, it's <laughs> disgusting how brown I am. I'm ashamed of myself. That, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Seen sunscreen like you're just it's straight out. Of yeah, a lot of plus fifty, Jules. Yeah. Don't worry about Very my good. skin. You yeah. just move along. Very good. You just move along. Okay. We going You want to talk about Tiger? I do because he's back. He's officially is he back, back well, or is he still vulnerable? Maybe, maybe he's not back. <laughs> well, we don't know, do we? I mean, well, you're supposed to play at Safeway, and then you're supposed to play at the Turkish yes. Airlines tournament. Mm-hmm. Was it last week or the week before? It might have been yeah. a while ago. But now he's going to play in his own tournament. Yeah, which he was always going to in that schedule that he. Yeah, released, that's true. But he's pushed it back. But will he be well, like an extra month's practice? Will he still be vulnerable? Uh, will he? I want to ask you a question. Uh, with with your knowledge on golf, if he played a couple of tournaments and found out his weak spots, would he be in a better position to actually play better next year? Because if you're vulnerable in practice rounds, mm. well, who who cares? Yep. You might actually go onto the... You want to find out where you're vulnerable when you're playing in a tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And then go away and work on that part of the game. But maybe there were so many parts of his game where he was vulnerable, he wasn't even ready to go out into a tournament. Does it blow your mind that we're using the term vulnerable yeah. and Tiger Woods... <laughs> In the, the same sentence quite often. No, never. Never, never in a million years. Yeah. No way. Yeah, he won. This bloke won four majors in a row. Yeah. Unheard of. Yeah. No, in fact, no one's ever done it. So it is literally unheard <laughs> of. Um, the guy was winning, I think, eight, eight tournaments in a year. Yeah. At one stage, Tiger Woods, his average wins versus tournaments played on the PGA Tour 
was getting close to one in three yeah, tournaments that he played. It was it was like one in three point two, <laughs> but it was getting really close to every third tournament yeah. that he played. He won. Yeah. <sighs> no no signs of any vulnerability. No, and you know he when he, when he was at his best, no one had seen a good player hit it that far. Yep. When he was at his best, no one had seen the variety in shot making. Mm-hmm. When he was at his best, his wedges were elite. When he was at his best, he had a short game to match Seve Ballesteros. And when he was at his best, he putted better than anyone we'd ever seen. There was no weakness yep. and when now, he was at his best. And now we're talking about him being so vulnerable. He yeah. can't can't even come out. And he's worried about shooting, you know, breaking eighty. Yeah. Which, which you know, when he, to be fair, when he came back, he he, he had eighty five in a major. He, yeah. I think the next tournament outing, he shot eighty as well yeah. at the Memorial. He was duffing chips. He at one stage he hit a chip so badly mm. that some people thought he just bladed it, but he didn't. It, it actually hit the middle of the hosel, which is you know worse than a shank. Yeah. If you shank it, if you just catch the hosel a little bit, it goes out to the right. Yeah. But if you hit it right in the middle of the shank, <laughs> the ball goes straight along the ground. <laughs> and that's what he did. I mean, at one stage, he chipped with a four-iron jewels. Mm. I mean, what are you doing? Just Yuck. get the putter out. Yeah. Why, why, why would you bother chipping with a four-iron? He lost the plot, mate. <laughs> he did. He lost the plot. And that vulnerable uh, aspect of his game that we saw two or three years ago, obviously fair and square in the back of his mind now. That first tournament when he comes back in the Bahamas is going to be much... Must watch golf. Yep. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. How the... exciting is that going to be? Yeah, it Watching is. him step up on that first tee yep. for the first time back in, was it going to be But no matter what happens, if he plays great, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. If it's a train wreck. If it's horrible, it's going to be It's going to be awesome too. <laughs> if it's left, right, It up is, there. and I mean that in the nicest possible yeah. way. Yeah. But if he cannot get back, yeah. and like we've seen, you think of some of the players, David Duval. Mm. You know, David Duval got to number one in the world. He shot 59 in the last round, eagling the last hole of the tournament to shoot 59 and win the tournament by a shot mm. and got to number one winning British Opens. Uh, Ian Baker Finch got to number eight in the world and was the best wedge and short game player we'd ever seen and could actually drive the ball quite straight. Mm-hmm. Um, he disappeared. I mean, there. what about Camilo Vajegas? Mm-hmm. He, he was the poster boy of the PGA Tour there for a little while. Now... You know, he's, he's playing on invites, if that. Yep. He's actually playing in the World Cup with his brother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Kingston Ethan in a couple of weeks. That'll be interesting. So, we, you know, we, we've looked at all those players and gone, what happened to those guys? Yeah. Imagine if it's going to be a what happened to Tiger Woods scenario. Yeah. Because all these guys are banging it past him. Yep. That'll hurt his pride. Mm. Uh, he won't like that. He won't, he won't like, like that one the, bit. I reckon that'll be one of the main things you hate about yeah. coming back and oh. seeing these blokes bomb it. And bomb it past Yeah. Him. Where, where was it? It might have been the US Open that uh, Jordan Spieth won. Um, I forgot the name of the golf course. But Tiger was playing with uh, uh, Oosthausen, Louis Oosthausen. And Louis got a really, I mean, apparently from when he listened to people who, who go every week, caddies and, yeah. and coaches, Louis Oosthausen's pretty much the guy that is great fun to watch in the practice range because his swing is so sweet. Yeah. It is so slow, it is so perfect, and the ball just goes a million miles. But when you watch Louis uh, swing on the telly, it doesn't look like the ball goes very far at all because he's so smooth. Yeah. And 
when I was watching Louie and Tiger play, Louie was banging at 30 <laughs> steps past Tiger, yeah. and Tiger was jumping out of his shoes. Yep. That would have irked Tiger Woods. That would have hurt his pride. So the fact that you've got all these young kids now blowing it past him, um, the fact that he's probably shooting some really... I mean, his ego in the last three years, uh, on top of the marital situation... Oh, yeah. His ego has been smashed like no other jewels, yep. like no other. So for him to even just to win anything now, yep. if he wins the Pro-Am on Wednesday, <laughs> He'll take right, <laughs> that's, that's a big victory. <laughs> I reckon if he's winning, if he's playing 100 bucks a hole yeah. back at his home club and he's you know taking some money off some of the juniors, <laughs> I reckon he'd consider that a step in the yep. right direction. <laughs> I love it. The way he's going. But look, it, it is going to be fascinating. I hope he plays well. Um but my God, that first chip that he hits. Oh. Uh, but, but by the way, remember when he had the chipping yips and he came back and played the Masters for the first time? There were some situations where I thought he, my, the heebie-jeebies may have raised their ugly head, uh, but they didn't. Usually yeah. you get caught out on cooch grass because cooch grass is strong grass with mm-hmm. the grain. And if you find yourself chipping into the grain, you can be made to look the fool very quickly. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't even understand cooch grass grain chipping, and they hit a bad chip every once in a while. I think it's them. It's not. It's the grain. But on ryegrass, such as at Augusta, uh, you really can't... I mean, there's no grain, so every shot sits up beautifully, and there's no excuse. But uh, in the Bahamas, they're not playing off ryegrass. They're playing off grass with grain. Stand by. So if he finds himself in a situation where he has a delicate little chip and he's into the grain, um, we might see Tiger putt from those situations for the very first time. So there are so many things to look out for yep. when he plays his home event. Surely his chi- surely the one thing that he could have been doing when he's dodgy back was working on those chips because that wouldn't have impacted his yes, game too much. That is surely right. that's the one thing he's fixed. That's right. And you know, we've all seen uh, I imagine he's still living in that beautiful house. Yeah, you know, when you Google <laughs> Tiger if you've Woods never house. seen it just Google Tiger Woods's house. <laughs> Google Tiger's house. Uh his driving range in Florida in his backyard. Uh, he's about I think the longest shot's 140 yards. So he can hit a pitching wedge from one end to the other. Um but all the gr- all the chipping greens. So he's got a chip he's got a green in every corner. Uh, one's bent grass, one's, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Bermuda grass and, you know, whatever else. Whatever else. He probably just plants whatever he needs uh, for the tournament coming up. Um, but there's grain in the fairways. So you can practice off the grain. Yeah. And, you know, mm. I, I do. I practice into the grain shots. And it's remarkably easy when it's practice. But when you find yourself into the grain uh, and you've got a pencil and a card in your back pocket and you know the score's important, that's when that rotten little shot starts to change and it'll change in his mind as well makes a difference bloody oath it will. makes a difference we've got to get to a break here on the clubhouse Julian Bayard Mark Allen with you hey, 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 I want hey, to hey, talk hey. one big thing that's happened this week yeah I want to get to your handicap situation too oh, yeah. what's it down to uh, we're at 5.6 oh, have you ever been to 5 before no Righto. All right, we'll as talk long about, as I've been. That's, I'm barracking for you I hope you get the 5 <laughs> soon then the 4 I'll talk about that next <laughs> this is the clubhouse in your life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back to The Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. It's time to talk about our Power Player of the Week. The Power Player of the Week. 
for Honda Power Equipment. Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range from $329. That's right, for Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range from $329. Only at your specialist Honda dealer. Four-stroke lawn and garden range from $329. Who else would our Power Player of the Week be this week, Mark Allen? Rod Pampling. (laughs) Then... Not Rod Pampling. No! Not Rod Pampling. Who? The great man, Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> no, you can't. He's a cheat. He's this a golf cheat. This is why we're talking about him, because he's dominated the media, and we needed to get a golf link in. And last week, for fans of the clubhouse, they would have tuned in. You weren't here, so we played the mm-hmm. best of the clubhouse. We oh, went good. back and replayed our chat we did earlier on in the year about how Donald Trump cheats at golf. Yeah, that's right. He does. And now we've he's got a, a president... Who has been accused on multiple occasions of cheating of on the golf course? Cheating on the golf course, mate. If you cheat on the golf course, <laughs> that's it. you cheat everywhere. That's a fact. That's it. If you, if that, if, I mean, that's where you get to. Then, you know, mm. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise anybody that people who make the money that they make, someone like Donald Trump and others, have, you know, taken a few shortcuts here and there, probably to to make their fortune, particularly at the start. But when you get on a golf course and you start, you know, you <laughs> clearly hit one in the bushes, you get down there, oh, there and you're out in the middle of the fairway. Oh, I must have bounced out. Good kick. Police. <laughs> Man, it's, that's dodgy. That's the only reason. I mean, oh, you'll probably be fine, you know. Yeah, well, Who knows? Yeah. He'll probably be fine. He'll probably be the greatest president ever. Who knows? <laughs> but the only reason I didn't want him to win is because he's a cheat at golf. That's it. Can't no, be no. having that. Is no he going to is now. This is the big question for mm. Donald Trump. As president, mm. is he now going to be able to get his final wish of being able to play at Augusta National? Well, I'll tell you he's what. he's famously been denied membership. Oh, no. Well, if he's been denied, he's been denied. Yeah. But no will way. he be able to go and play there? No. Now as president? No. As president? No. No way. Augusta loves this situation. <laughs> this is where <laughs> this is where Billy Payne, the chairman of Augusta, <laughs> and his mates were in the green coats. This is where they can flex a little bit of muscle. Yeah. Uh, I reckon his only chance is if Condoleezza Rice... Well, they're on the same side, aren't they? Are they? Are they both Republicans, are they? I don't think it matters over there, does it? Probably not. I don't think it, I don't think it particularly matters. <laughs> Come on, same recipe, <laughs> just a different cook. That's it. The same as over here as well, probably. Uh, but Condoleezza, uh, I'm pretty sure she can bring whoever she likes. Yeah. But it's, it's an amazing situation. You know, I've got a friend who I went to college with at Texas Tech, um, and he's a property developer and works for a man... Oh, what's his name? Jim. He works for Jim. And Jim is a huge alumni at Texas Tech. And Jim, one day, just at the office came in. There's some letters there. One turns up with no letterhead or anything. He opens it up. And it was a letter in, inviting him to join Augusta National. Yeah. So um, you can't, what do you call it? You can't lobby. So, well, this is the use that term they use in the States. You can't lobby to become a member yep. at Augusta. So, for instance, if you want to be a member of Royal Melbourne or Royal Sydney or mm-hmm. you know, Royal Queensland, if you know somebody there, you can go up to them and say, hey, listen, I'd love to be a member here. Yep. And, you know, you probably, they'd get a few, a few sponsors, guys together and away yeah. you go. Yep. In you go. You can't do that, Augusta. You actually have to just wait. Yep. And if they consider you to be Augusta material, That's right. <laughs> then you will get a letter in the mail inviting you. And if you don't want it, you don't have to. But Jim, you know, his letter comes and says, dear Jim, whatever his last name is, um, it's, uh, it's come to our attention that uh, you're a golfer in good standing and somebody that we'd appreciate at the Augusta Country Club. Uh, if you choose to join Augusta Country Club, please pay $150,000 into this account and we'll see you on the Augusta New Member Orientation Day. 150000 Yeah. 
He said, slip it in. Apparently, Jim slipped it in that day. Opened it. Next thing he did, went to his computer, just pushed the button for 150 well, you, to go straight into the account. If you account. had it, you would do it. Oh. There's no doubt. <laughs> oh. But they, only 200 members, something like really? that. Only 200 members. Uh, yeah, but the tournament, the tournament itself pays for everything. Yeah. I mean, if, if I would say that the uh, uh, there's like a Coles on site <laughs> that is the uh you know the uh, what do you call it where you get all your clothes and hats and stuff yeah so the store the golf store yeah. uh on site and there would be i don't know f- i'd say 20 checkouts all with three registers on them each so there's 60 uh all packed with checkout girls and boys mm-hmm. who d- d- do the till and it is packed every day they have to actually they have to restock the shop every single day mm. so if they're taking just a a million a day, and apparently the markup is just half. Yeah. So they're taking a million a day. That's five hundred thousand profit every day, mm. and there's seven days. So there's three point five million just in the shop. Yeah. Plus every nation that actually pays to get it delivered into their, you know, at TV sets right around the world, they reckon that's up around fifty million. You know, the the fees is, is it's basically inconsequential. Yeah. I mean, apparently they just divided something up at the end of the year, and they just pay it. So I don't know what that something would be because, yeah. you know, they've got, I would say, $100 million a year coming into the joint. Yeah. So I mean, what else do you need to do? But, you what, know, are they, what are they spending it on? Well, there's 15 people per hole uh, looking after each hole. Really? Yeah. Well, that'll cost What's a bit. that? That's, uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's, let's throw in the... Let, let, let's say it's 150, uh, let's say it's 300 plus the par 3 course, and let's say there's another 50 people. There's 350 people working on the golf course every day. Yeah. Puts your local track with four blokes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so they're doing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, no tree branch hangs down. Yep. If the tree, if it starts to hang down, they chop Gone. it. Gone. Gone. Yep. There are no, you know, if pine needles. Pine, are pine needles are almost one by one placed down. Yep. If there's a pine cone. They they're just they're taken away every day. Um, every hole is just perfect. It's perfect every day, yep. and they they're gone before the members get out there. I think you have to play, you know. Eight o'clock is the earliest hit off, but mm. everything's done, everything's hidden before they get there. It's a ridiculous joint. No wonder Trump wants in. <laughs> it's a ridiculous joint. And by the way, if you ever want to go, just go to chasingbirdies.com oh. by the year and we can look after you. Cha-ching. Yeah, you nice. betcha. You nice. better believe it. I like it. You better believe Good it. Choice. But look, amazing place. Donald Trump, I don't think he's going to be a member of Augusta. No. I think, I think. That could be his number one campaign move. <laughs> I think Billy Payne and the boys yeah. are just going to flex a little bicep or no, two thanks. and say, listen, Donald. Good luck with your presidency, <laughs> but no way in hell are you joining our club. By the, by the way, it doesn't matter. I mean, he, he's got Trump Turnberry. He's got yeah. Trump. He's, I mean, he's, he's, got he's got the Blue Monster. Yeah, he's got. Uh, I've played one of his golf courses. Um, it's uh, it's in San Diego, it's, and it's funny. The first hole, it was like a Fred Flintstone background. It had fake rocks that yeah. you drove drove your car through to the next tee. It was <laughs> so bad, but every other hole had. Uh, a view of the ocean. In fact, uh, what's the show with uh, Ari Gold? Entourage. Entourage, yeah. yeah. Where they filmed Phil Mickelson. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was Trump's course. Where old mate had a heart attack. Where old mate had a heart attack. That's yeah. right. So they were playing Trump's course Turns there. Turns he was a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> every hole, every single hole's got a view. So yeah, all of his Trump courses are fantastic. Apparently Trump, Trump Turnberry is just unreal. Mm. Just fantastic. Brilliant. Our power player of the week, all thanks to Honda Donald Power Trump. Equipment. Four-stroke lawn garden range from three hundred twenty-nine dollars. Now I want to talk to you about the World Cup of Golf. It's not too far away. Yeah, that's right. Um, hey, my pick's the Irish team. 
Really? Shane Lowry and Graham McDowell. Mm. Uh, they come from a country where there is just a stack of tricky little courses. Yeah. Tricky little golf courses all over the place. And in the grand scheme of things, Kingston Heath's not a little course, but it's not a big one. Mm-hmm. But there are so many tricky little features of how to play the golf course. Uh, and when the greens get hard, and I played there on Wednesday, mm-hmm. they'll, be, they'll be reasonably hard. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It just needs a little bit of heat in these couple they, of weeks. They stop people other than people like yourself. They stop the public or the general the, members from playing Well, on one, one guest per member at the moment. One guest per member. One guest. So yeah. sometimes you could bring three on a Friday or yeah. three on a Sunday. So one guest. They've slowed it down a little bit. Slowed it down a little bit, but mm-hmm. they've grown up the rough. So now we've got right. some golden rough that just wisps, the wispy golden rough. Yes. So if it blows, it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they were doing the stint meter reading. So for the stint meters, it's how long, the how how fast the green is. Yep. So what they basically do, they, there's a stick with a groove in it mm-hmm. that the ball rolls down the groove and there's a one centimeter uh, groove at the top. And what they do is they lift the stick up until the ball's gravity makes it roll out of the groove and how many feet it rolls that's how fast the greens are. So when they did their measurement, it was running at 12. And I said, 12? I said, that's pretty quick for the PGA Tour, which, um, you know, the PGA Tour, I think they have them usually between 10 and 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. And I said, what are you going to do? He said, how fast can you get them here? And he said, well, depending on whether there's wind or not forecast, uh, 12, 12 and a half is pretty much it. So, so what happens from here? Because he goes, well, normally we like to get them faster, but uh, it's a little bit of a program, a problem, but no, no real headache for yep. p- for the people at Kingston Heath. They'll be happy. Yeah, but who have we got? We got Leishman and Adam Scott. They're Australia's the defending champions, but That's we right. miss uh, Jason Day. Now uh, we got Ricky Fowler and Jimmy Walker playing for the States. The Camilla, the the Vegas, the Vegas brothers That's playing right. for what are they from? Columbia. Yep. God knows where. Somewhere there. They're somewhere there. They're up in <laughs> Sydney at the moment. Just uh, just checking out what's on offer up in Sydney. I've heard. Um, so, look, it's going to be a, a pretty good week. It's going to be a pretty good week of golf. You've got to get through. If you get it through, it's probably the best field we've seen in Australia. Mm. What's going to be fascinating to me is just checking out how they play the alternate shot because it's not a stroke play event. It's alternate shot every second day, and the other two days it's a four-ball better ball, just like you played the other day, right. eight, plus eight with your dad, mm-hmm. except it's just going to be you know six under or seven under, eight under. So you would think around Kingston Heath, Best ball, uh, you would think something like nine under, mm-hmm. ten under, something in that vicinity would win. It would be leading, uh, or a good score, a winning score. But uh, for the alternate shot, that's tough. Yeah. It's a tough game to play. It's hard to get going. Anything under par is a good score. Yep. So you're going to have scores where you're going to see you're going to see a sixty fours every second day, yep. and then the other days if they can like shoot in the sixties, yeah. um, alternate shot, then they are flying. Yep. I love that's, that's what we need in the Olympics, Marco. Something different. Like yes, this. I reckon change it, should, it up. Should be a guy and a girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. That That'd would be, be great. That, that would alternate be the best shot team. guy girl. Yeah. How good would that be? That would be sensational. Yeah, that would be better. That that would be more interesting to mm. me. So, and I don't know how you do it, but that that would be better. Yeah, have one guy and one girl, both of them up there winning the gold medal. Yeah, be great. It would be good. Hey, it yeah, would be good. I said Jordan Spieth has come out too this week and said that he's going to do less travelling. Is that right? Forward. So he's in Sydney, obviously, for the Australian Open coming up. Right. But uh, he said going forward, he's just going to play a little bit more in the States. So yeah. I, think, I think he's probably earned enough money from I think he's globe trotting around the world. Yeah. He doesn't need to cop the two, three million appearance fees anymore to upset his routine and his travel. He's got so much travel at the moment yeah. this time of year. 
He's going to Asia. He's going to Europe. He's going to South America. Yeah. You know, Australia, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the Under Armour deal he signed yeah, pretty much guarantees him. He's, him he, he's set for life. Yeah. Absolutely set for life. So I, I don't blame him. Going well, he, I, I couldn't believe how much he was playing last year. It was too much. Yeah. I mean, he was everywhere at yeah. this time of the year. You've got to have a break. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're leading tournaments and trying to win tournaments. And I think this year, his poor form um, is a lot to do with just his travel hangover from the year before. Yep. So I think it's a smart smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the best players we've ever seen, so people like Jack Nicklaus, Greg Norman and Tiger Woods, they've been the best players on that US tour who have kind of dominated. Um, of course, you know, Jack won all the majors. Greg was world number one for 331 That's weeks right. and Tiger's just went to a whole new realm. Those guys only played about 20 to 22 tournaments a year on the US tour and did their traveling afterwards. Mm-hmm. They, none, none of those guys played more than 30 events. And I think that's about right. Yep. Um, if you're playing 30 events on the US tour and then playing six or seven at the end of the year, it's a lot. Yeah, you're, you're going to be cooked. cooked. Especially when you're traveling. Yeah. Especially when you're traveling. Yeah. I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised what Jason's doing actually. Yeah. Jason might have a Having big. A break. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's that, refreshing. And, that, and that's the other thing. Some guys like VJ Singh just loves the work. He's a war- He's a workhorse. Yeah. He just go forever. Yeah. And he likes it. But Jason's probably at the other end of the spectrum where he probably should only play about 25 tournaments a year total. Yep. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, Jordan's looking after himself. Looking forward to the Australian Open now. Well, after the break, Rod Pampling had a win. Yeah, that's right. Week, that, you that, had a chat with his coach. Gary Edwin, who is a legendary golf coach in this country, looks after Peter Lonard, looked after Peter Senior, looked after Paul Gow, who's uh, on the golf shows that we see, yep. and also looks after Rodney Pampling as well. So we'll hear from Gary Edwin after the break. In your have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yes, it is The Clubhouse right across Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. Time to go inside The Clubhouse for Club Mandalay. You can play golf with Club Mandalay. It's golf in Melbourne's north. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. If you are in Melbourne right now or if you are travelling to Melbourne, clubmandalay.com.au. It is sensational. If you book there and use this code, CMGOLF, you can save 10% when nice. booking online. CMGOLF is the code. Now, Rod Pampling's win during the week. He had a chat with his coach. Yeah, we did. Gary Edwin and myself and the 99 Australian Masters champion, Craig Spence, uh, caught up with him during the week. Let's have a listen. G'day, Gaz. Thanks for your time. Hey, Mark. Uh, Craig, how are you, buddy? Good, Gazza. Good to have you on. Yeah, nice to still be here. I'm 73 now. <laughs> You're 73, Gaz. I will be soon, mate. I'm one over. Jeez. You, you haven't changed for 50 years, though. I mean, oh, sorry, not uh, that long, but, 20 years. But I was old early. <laughs> <laughs> Were you jumping around the living room like everybody else Monday morning, Gaz? Well, mate, I, I, I just, um, you know, it's a bit like there's been two people win this week that nobody thought would win, you know. Um, <laughs> You're talking about Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's the, what can happen, and um, yeah, he's a you know his nickname's Champ, Pamps Champ, so he's a champion, he, and he always has been a champion guy. And it was, uh, I know the highs and lows he's been through, and so does the family. So you know this PGA, this PGA life's not an easy one, and he's uh, I suppose to have your card for twenty years is a pretty high achievement. Hmm. And like like Greg, he, uh, he loves the game. Rod loves the game, and they've, they've had to go back and. Beat humble pie and play on the other tour again, and not know when they were playing next week and what time. And, and uh, they've both gone back and, and come through it again, which is enormous, really. Hey Gaza, if we go back to when you first met Pamps and first started to work with him, because he's worked with you from the start. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he had a late start in professional golf. I know he did his – he was a greenkeeper for a while. He was, he was a worker. He, st- he turned pro a little bit y- older than, than a lot of the guys. And yeah, uh, what, yeah. what have been – what has been the most difficult uh, parts of the game for Pamps over the journey? Like, what did you have to really get stuck into when you, to, to help him become a world-class player? Well, you know, in those days, all I knew about him was that you know, everybody talked about this little bloke that hit a miles because he was the longest hitter in Australia. And I never really got to, to see the guy, right? But, you know, because I was teaching a lot of and a couple of the other guys at that stage, and they were doing well, so... We had a talk at Terry Hills one day, and he hadn't made any cuts, and he turned pro. So he came up, and we had a look at him. And I think I was even always with me the first day because Ozzy was working a bit with me then. And uh, at Palm Meadows, and we he, he, he just hit it unbelievable. But uh, he had a lot of loose ones, you know. So it was a sort of 68, 78 thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he could go really low, but it was obviously very talented. But he had a lot of changes in his wrist angles and a lot of changes in his posture. So I didn't know anything back in those days. I don't think. So I basically just worked on his body angles and his arm angles, his wrist angles. So basically, that's all we did. Yeah, I tried to get him to hit it the same every time and um, made him more consistent. And he still hit far, hit it far enough, you know. But that's all we did. And he certainly wasn't far behind Brooks Kepka all week, which was which was interesting uh, for me to watch. And I think everybody thinks that my players don't hit it anywhere. Uh, I think they they watch me play. Uh, but, <laughs> but pretty much because it doesn't look like they're doing much, people tend to think that it doesn't go very far. But, you know, striking the ball properly and hitting it with the right spin. And um, the thing I was happy about with Rodney, just, just uh, getting ahead of ourselves a bit, was the, the knockdowns he hit on the last two holes. Because uh, traditionally, Rodney's lost a few tournaments just leaning on uh, the wrong the club that's just making the distance. Cool, mm. uh, I remember the PGA, that was a disaster. And uh, over in um, Colonia one year, he got it in the bag and he hit it in the water with a wedge. Uh, it was great to see him just hit two knockdown seven irons when the other guys were bombing wedges and nine irons. Interesting. And, uh, and controlling his spin and his ball flight, and that's what I always try to do with all my players. So uh, they get the reputation of not being able to hit it anywhere, but they, they all did it pretty uh, – even old senior still gets it out there for an old bloke. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to get in trouble here, Gary, because I talk to you about this most of the time. But yeah. you'll, you'll tell me that he doesn't have a handsy swing, and I, and I like your explanation. But I, I can't – when I watch him, it's just like such a nice, neat little uh, yep. no-nonsense action. With mm. It looks to me, in my eye, that he's got a this beautiful, handsy action. Can you explain to me why you don't think it is that handsy action? I, I like hearing it. Well, you know, when they slab his driver off 16 where he was having 28, um, he, he was a bit handsy and wristy on that one, but you know, basically, if you look at all the Rodney's iron play, he doesn't get the club. He doesn't do any engine at all. But with the driver, sometimes he gets a bit hinging and down cocking. That's what we always fought against. Uh, so you know, I've got Rodney swings from when he was playing well during that five-year period where he where he wasn't doing any of that. So I mean, you can still win golf tournaments and not be swinging it, pure mm. as we as we all know. Um, but you know, Rodney. Rodney basically is a very talented human, and I've always spent I've spent the last twenty years trying to stop him hooking it. So when he was playing seventeen and eighteen, I was I was just hoping he could hit that hold up shot, which, <laughs> which he did. You know, and, and you know, I know the holes that are going to bother him. And um, I've got a guy in the states who's been working with my me and my players for about ten years, and I've been training him up because I'm going to retire or retire. And um, yeah. his name is uh, his name is Alex Murray. Right. He works out of San Francisco. So Alex, all the time, is working on keeping him doing the same things. And we're using the video a lot. And he goes back to his old 
videos a lot and we used to Skype a lot. So it's changed a lot. Oh, the coaching thing's changed a lot since the invent of the old, the old Skype and the FaceTime and stuff because I can actually look at them on the tee with, with them being over there. Yeah. I do that with all the players. In the old days, I remember sending Coles the tape of his golf swing. It took seven days to get there. <laughs> and then that's ten days to get back. So and that, you know, that... it's hard to fix, fix anybody up in the middle and uh, in, in between that. But now it's just unbelievable because Rebecca... Rebecca Artist, or Rebecca Flood, or whatever you want to call her, Rebecca yeah. Artist now, she actually sent me a video of a swing during a pro-am on the ninth tee when there was a bit of a delay, and she was actually swinging on the side of the tee, and I was talking to her about a swing path, you know, so yeah. the, the internet's changed everything about coaching, and uh, it makes it easier for us to, because I hate traveling all these great distances, and I know Banny and Lynch and all those guys just got sick of it as well, because it, it tells you doing five, six big trips to America the whole time, so... I've got other coaches that can look at my players now. Alex has done a great job keeping him on track this year. There he is, Marco. Gary Edwin, Rod Pampling's coach, chatting with yourself and Craig Spence during the week. Brilliant chat. Great to hear all the philosophies. Uh, He's a great man. Him. Can yeah. I tell you something about Gary Edwin that not many people know? Yeah. When he was a young pro, his name was actually Gary Player. Oh, no. <laughs> can you believe that? But so he's a young pro, yeah. Gary Player. He's about the same age. So everywhere he went, People are going, oh, Gary Play. So he ended up having to change his name really? to Gary Edwin. Yeah, that's a good true story. He's a great man. I mean, he's a real character. Good facts. Nice to talk to. <laughs> I like him. Uh, and he's one of those guys where if he's around, you, you really enjoy his company. Yep. And I haven't been in his company too often, but he was brilliant during the week uh, having the chat to us. And we wish him the best as well. Enjoyed that chat. A round of golf with your mates. Play golf at Club Mandalay. Book online at clubmandalay.com.au and save 10% for your round using this code. CM Golf. Put I've got a rip-roaring masterclass next. That's coming up after the break. Marco's Masterclass. Yes, Marco's Masterclass, a free golf lesson from the number one teacher in golf on radio. Don't get out of your car. Stay tuned because mm. this will help your golf game this weekend. Right, a lot of people have trouble just with starting their swing. Just starting it. They don't know which muscle does what. They don't know whether it starts from the hands or the arms or the shoulders or the turn or whatever. So let's just make it really simple. If you're a right-handed person, the first thing that gets the club started is your left hand, your left hand and wrist. And then I think, this is my own belief, that if you start with the left hand and the left arm and then the left shoulder, it makes everything go beautifully on plane. If you use the right hand and right shoulder, quite often the shoulder and the right or the right hand leads the shoulder mm-hmm. and leads it flat. So if you've got one of these golf swings where halfway back, uh, the shaft of the golf club points over the ball or a little bit laid off, I promise you it's because you're using too much right-handed shoulder. Now, most people who are right-handed golfers, they are actually right-handed. But don't use those muscles to start the swing. So if you want to get off to a great start to your golf swing, and believe me, if you get off to a good start, you're 95% there. Mm-hmm. The start, the very first move is the most important thing because once you get the club in motion, if you just follow the club, most of the time it goes to the right place. So if you start the swing with the left hand and left wrist getting the club to go and then by extension the left shoulder and then the left hip, particularly if you're over 40 or 50, you want a little hip turn as well. So your entire left side starts the club back. And then once it's in motion, just let it go. Just yep. follow. Just follow and turn that left shoulder under your chin. So if you had trouble, if you didn't know what started what, if yep. you didn't know whether it was turned, let's just simplify it and make it really simple. If you're a right-handed golfer, make sure that you start your swing 
left-sided. There you go. Simple, straightforward, mm. brilliant. Use it this Use weekend. It this week. Try and get the club in motion first, though. So yep. if the club's in motion first, then push away with the left arm and the left shoulder. And, and if, like I said, if you're over 40 or 50... Try and uh, get a little hip turn in there as well. So use that left hip also. I love it. Hey, Marco, it's been great to have you back this week. Good on you, buddy. Now, I want you down to five next week. Six is okay, but yeah. I want you down to five at some stage. We'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Practice your putting. Needs a bit of work. Catch you next week, <laughs> See buddy. you later.